Doug and Marty vs. the World is sponsored and paid for by Marty McClendon, Doug Bassler, and EasyTVSpots.com. Round one, go. Well, all I've got to say is turn, turn, turn. There is a time for everything, everything under heaven, as uh, Roger McGuinn and the birds uh, once shared. There's a time to mourn, and baby, there's a time to dance. I'm dancing today. This is Doug Bassler. And Marty McClendon. This is Doug and Marty versus the world. I know where you're going, brother. This is great. I think Ecclesiastes <laughs> says the same thing. There's a season for everything. But, yep. Yeah. But, you know, I'm excited. Aren't you encouraged? Well, you know... After a lot of, you know, we've had a lot of bad news and yes. it's kind of interesting and fun to see, you know, it's always fun to watch NBC and CNN news hosts melt down and <laughs> reveal their true selves on has there uh, anybody, live television, yes. brother. Has there, ever, ha, when is the last time we actually saw some integrity in a sense where they didn't show? It's, it's not news anymore. It's opinions like you and I. We are openly opinion hosts. We say, look, we're Republican, we're conservative, we're going to be blah, blah, blah. This is why we don't like this, but we're open about it. We don't uh, come across as we're telling the news. Well, and and we're right. <laughs> You're right. Well, there you go. <laughs> and we're on the right. So I, I know we have- No, I meant correct. Get, and and yeah. everything, all of our opinions are exactly yes, correct. Exactly <laughs> we right. We never make a mistake, brother. Uh, so many so good I heard things. a joke. So, I heard wait, a joke. Wait, I have to share right. a joke. All I right. have to share a joke. Okay, so this guy was like really struggling with, you know, some questions and he was trying to find things out and he couldn't find anything to help him. And he heard about a, a llama that was up in the Himalayas and and this they said, this guy knows everything. And so he's like, he spends all this money and he takes this long trip and he goes up into the Himalayas and he finds the guy, right? And he's this really old dude and he, he looks like he knows everything. And he asks him and he says, oh, great llama. Do you know everything? Yes, my son. Ask and I shall tell you the answer. He says, okay, what is life? He goes, life is a fountain. And he goes, I came all this way and spent all this money to hear you say that life is a fountain. And the llama says, you mean life isn't a fountain? I'm dumb. All right, all right, all right. So, so I don't tell know. Me I'm just, tell, tell I'm just me saying this. Doug and Marty may not know everything, brother. We may not know everything. We, you mean my life kids isn't know that. Yeah, my, my <laughs> kids know that. There are things we've learned, but we also are uh, have been knocked down enough to go, with, okay, we don't know everything. A question for you. Honestly, what is of the last several days, and Tuesday election, we'll have some results here and a discussion about that shortly, um, but nationwide, we saw a lot of really cool things happen. You know, I saw red wave postings and that kind of stuff. What is the best story that pops out to you that makes you go, yeah? And for me, uh, it's, for yeah. me, I was I did not lose this cycle. So well, that's true. Super you happy. running. <laughs> well, I didn't lose though. <laughs> no, but there's a there's a guy that reminds us uh, of all of us that have been in a fight for many years conservatives, the the people that we know that we've met like on the campaign trail, they say, I'm going to run. Like, great. And, and they have no clue. They have no experience. They have no backing, but they're going to run. And then they have this really in their heart, I'm not going to take money from lobbyists. I'm not going to do whatever. And we know after having some experience uh, how naive that seems. And yet there's this truck driver 
back east that <laughs> says, I'm going to take on the president of the Senate. It'd be like taking on the, you know, um, the Speaker of the House here or Nancy Pelosi in, in D.C. He's like, I'm going to do it. And he spent like 300 bucks, like 150 actually on the campaign. Some of it was on food and that kind of stuff. A truck driver, and he beat him. The the president of the Senate, the eight-term president in the Senate, um, raised over a million bucks, supported by all the lobbies and whatever. Gave this guy no shot, and he won. And so they're scrambling, going, "What the heck is going on?" So I'm like, "It's voter that's, fraud." That's it's one story. Fraud. That's no, all no, it no. is, brother. That's one story <laughs> of how ticked off and frustrated, and at, with the right messaging and the right year, anybody can win. So I, you know, and it just makes me a little nervous because now the left knows what's coming and they're going to get the voter fraud machine going like crazy. Uh, but I did want to introduce uh, the great llama from the Himalaya mountains of Olympia and, uh, and uh, Tumwater. Well, I don't know where he's from. He's down there somewhere in Thurston <laughs> County. Uh, the great llama Glenn Morgan, who actually does know everything. Uh, at least he knows what he knows. And uh, he's just he more than today. you and I. Uh, Glenn is uh, Glenn is the uh, the uh, the purveyor of we the governed and uh, does a, a lot of great videos and things like that, um, telling us uh, interesting and amazing stories. Uh, but I, uh, Glenn also is, uh, I believe, aren't you still the executive director of CAPER and Citizens Alliance for Property Rights? And uh, I am, yeah, still a Citizens Alliance for Property Rights. I'm the executive director there, and that's. Uh, uh, but really, the uh, I, I don't ever want to go on to any show being uh, introduced as knowing everything because I certainly don't. But uh, but I think that we'll have some good stuff to talk about here. And I want to thank you guys for having me on the air and uh, having me on your show. Well, thanks for being here. Um, so the uh, the elections, uh, you know, nationwide, obviously very uh, very weird to have an actual. Uh, Republican slate win in the very blue state of Virginia. That was yep. obviously a bellwether. And Virginia is basically a suburb of Washington, D.C. Right. So that's uh, very tough for um, right-leaning conservative. Well, I, the, I think the win there obviously was, you know, when you take when you take the parents and make them terrorists and tell them that they're mm -hmm. stupid and they need to leave your kids alone, uh, That that's not a great way to garner votes. It, it isn't. And I'm going to tell you, though, the one thing I want to point out of Virginia is that the Republicans did field an interesting statewide slate there. Uh, my favorite is really the lieutenant governor who won the race, and she's uh, her name is Winsome Sears, and I'm just a huge fan of hers. And you know, I I actually did a video the day after the election, and uh, you know, I was using her as the example of how many of the Republican leaders in Washington state could really learn a lot if they just paid attention to how Winsome Sears went out and presented herself and spoke and knew what she believed, why she believed it. She was brave, she was fearless, and she was capable of communicating really effectively, uh, especially on the freedom, liberty uh, messages, pro-Second Amendment and all that stuff. And that picture of her holding an AR-15 and then her using it as her campaign uh, poster, it looked like a movie poster, and then when they attacked her for it, doubling down and using it in all the literature that she put out uh, was just beautiful. And of course, the uh, the Democrats and the mainstream media wanted to ignore her because she was a black gal, you know, black lady, right, winning this race first time uh, a female black lady had won statewide office in Virginia. And of course, they hate the fact that a Republican is who won, and she is just unapologetically solid on all the freedom issues. I really, it's just a joy listening to her being interviewed and it was really fun to see it, but really it's that bravery and being able to communicate effectively 
uh, and, you know, working hard campaigning, but just that, that, that joy of uh, being somebody who's willing to fight for freedom and articulately explain it, frankly, it, better than most Republican candidates I've ever seen. And so uh, there's a lot to learn from her, and I, I really hope to see her a lot more in the future. Hey, Glenn, you're more experienced than both of us, not as far as running campaigns or running for office, but just the, the knowledge, like Doug was saying, on that race, when you have the governor, a Republican mm-hmm. governor winning, you have the lieutenant governor, the black lady that, that won lieutenant governor, like you said, fantastic yeah, conservative, too, so. and mm-hmm. the, the attorney general. So you have mm-hmm. a slate of Republicans. They weren't right. running together. They don't run together here in Washington State either. How right. much of this sort of pent-up parent stuff that drove the governor over the finish line helped her and the attorney general? Do you think if she was running by herself, I'm trying to say, would she have had the same success? Or do you think it just kind of a perfect storm? I, you know, in her case, she may have been able to have the, the same success, but, you know, the theories in, in politics uh, tend to be wave elections. You know, if you ride the wave, right, you can do really mm-hmm. well. And, th- and there's a lot of truth to that. That does definitely happen sometimes. Um, the But I, you don't want to be, you know, the reason why I don't, I'm always a little caveats on that, right? Because there's plenty of times when um, I've helped on campaigns or, or observed campaigns that, uh, went counter to the wave and did really well on our side, right? Or did very poorly, uh, depending on the situation. So in the end, you know, you have to take it seriously. The only downside to the uh, truck driver that beat the uh, uh, New Jersey uh, Senate leader is just that everybody will think they can do the same thing, you know, and right. that's, that's probably not going to be the case in most situations. But, you know, at the same time, as I always say in all my videos, you know, the future belongs to those who showed up. And uh, he showed up. He was there to, to make yeah. a difference. And he run. Uh, you know, yeah. And now so he wants one more thing on the Virginia though, but I think part of the is messaging now, yep. and New Jersey and the, 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 the governor's race in New Jersey is still too close to call or whatever. It's a great race uh, example of that as well is we yep. own the issues and people are caring about the issues that affect them now with inflation and so forth yep. in new in Virginia. Yes. The messaging was around parents' rights and, and they the left and McAuliffe is stupid when he, when he met on the stage, said basically parents shouldn't be involved. They don't have a say in their own kids. He's going right. to make sure we don't even pick the books they use. Right. You know, like, okay, that was stupid, but that helped. But even they won the legislature. I mean, this legislature switched as well. So it was it did. down ticket all the way down. There That's was. why I asked that question. It was, it, was, well, it was pretty comprehensive. And you also saw them run aggressive campaigns, though. And, uh, you know, you're not going to get that sitting at home. The, the one thing the Republican New Jersey senator, governor, uh, you know, candidate, and who knows, right, it's very close. And nobody expected that. Everybody expected New Jersey is right. going to be a Democrat blowout. But that Republican governor candidate now, uh, he's got to be wondering, what would have happened if I had run a really aggressive campaign? Because he actually didn't. And, you know, if he had, that might have been enough to put him over the finish line. It's actually a pretty good example. Somebody could have been put over the finish line by a more aggressive campaign, at least more decisive than he is now. Right. But that, that is an indication, obviously, of the, the the nature of the wave election, the CRT issues, uh, you know, the critical race theory concerns about schools, the attempt to declare all parents uh, terrorists in the country who dare to question school boards. I mean, just bizarre uh, things that have happened. And of course, some of it is going to be the fact that the incumbent president is not popular. And so that's going to translate into down ticket sort of experiences like this. Um, that does encourage lazy consultants to just uh, try to coast on the coattails of the wave and not really take it seriously. And that's going to always be a mistake if they do that. So you still want to run as though you're five points down. And uh, no matter what situation you're in, you, you run that way all the way to the end and you're more likely to have a successful outcome. I think yeah. that's what I'm worried fight, about. Fight to win. Yeah. yeah, always. 
what I'm worried about too is this wave, quote unquote wave, it was, but it's only because they got behind it, had the right messaging and worked their tails off to do it. So we have to have that messaging too, saying, hey, we have an opportunity and we have the messaging if we run aggressively and work together. You know, this guy, uh, so locally, the King County executive, right? You know, so we had a guy that was a, you know, pretty poor candidate, but still scored over 40% against Al Constantine. What would have happened if we had to run like, you know, somebody competent and amazing? And we probably right. could have taken that seat. It, 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 yeah, there certainly would have been an impact, um, you know, and, and I mean, going back, the only uh, races in Washington state that made national news, you know, of course the Seattle races, right? Yeah. And, and look at that. Talk, talk yeah. about Seattle. Yeah. Talk so Seattle, I mean, then. you really had one key thing and normally I don't talk a lot about Seattle. Right. But, but uh, you had Ann Davidson who had run as a Republican in the past for Lieutenant governor. Right. So, mm-hmm. uh, and so she was identified Republican. She tried to run for the Seattle city council in the past. And I remember that's when I first met her and I really liked her. You know, she ran an aggressive campaign. She was actually really serious about campaigning in Seattle. And um, she lost that race. It was kind of a heartbreaker at the time. And then here she came back to run for Seattle attorney. And she was really qualified for that position and a clear contrast to the crazies that are running Seattle right now. And when, uh, and Pete Holmes had been the incumbent. So it was bouncing out Pete Holmes in the primary was phenomenal. And Pete Holmes was a horrible Seattle attorney. Uh, definitely deserves, Pete Holmes deserves a lot of credit for the crime wave and the mess that Seattle was becoming. And so she had a real stark difference between her and Pete Holmes and Pete Holmes got squeezed out. And then she's running the other person that came through in the primary was crazy crazy, you know, crazy leftist, Nicole Kennedy, they're just, just a complete crazy person who wanted to abolish the, the police department, uh, didn't want to prosecute crimes anymore, wanted to open up the jails, wanted, she hated the police, in fact, and had amazing tweets attacking the police. She was trying to build parks for Antifa so they could rest up between rioting in Seattle and Portland. You know, I mean, it was just absurd. And, you know, uh, to see somebody like that in Seattle, of all places, who clearly had a Republican affiliation, win and prevail in that race, at least it showed to me that the people who, even the people who live in Seattle are not interested in self-immolating. You know, they really don't want to burn their city down. They don't want to destroy it. Um, The socialists do, but it looks like the socialists by themselves are not going to be able to destroy the city of Seattle if they keep voting this way. And essentially, the way that translated into the the mayor's race and the two city council races there were that the mayor's race looks like uh, the non, you know, there was no Republicans on the ballot there. But you had old school, basic corrupt Democrat versus totally nut job, a completely insane Democrat. (laughs) And so the insane, you know, got got kicked off. And so, and the same thing in one of the council members, Nikita Oliver, right? Just totally nut job crazy. And to have her opponent bounce her out as decisively as they did, at least in the beginning, I know it's closing up a little bit now, but I think the the gap there is still pretty solid. Um, That is encouraging. I mean, that really sends a message that if even the voters in Seattle um, are willing to reject crazy, then why should we allow crazy anywhere else? See, and, I, like, I like Glenn's definition is crazy, left, and crazy. Uh, Prager says it's the liberal and, and leftist and left jobs or nut job as well. Yeah. Uh, it, it's it's nice to see that there's some balance there saying, all right, we, we, we don't want to go that far. We've gone too far. We've seen what that looks like. It's, it's not. So candidates are willing to step up like that. I think it's encouraging to see that. 
it's still, there's still a lot of bad policies, you know, with businesses there and taxes and crazy stuff. But so it's, I know we only have you for uh, a few minutes, so I really want to mm-hmm. kind of like what other uh, statewide or what, what else did you see that you thought, you know, in addition to Ann Davis, I mean, I, mm-hmm. that's so spectacular. That's it. That right. says that was, that's national. So, yeah. you know, on the positive side, you had other things like the city of Berrien, right? Just next to Seattle. You had uh, Crystal Marks, who's just a flaming nut job, totally crazy, unqualified for any public office that's ever been imagined uh, who got in to Burien four years ago and to see her lose as decisively as she did uh, was a beautiful thing and a good thing for both sanity and rational thought. And the gal that beat her, you know, was attacked by the stranger and the socialist and all that. And Marx clearly went down in flames. I mean, that was a really good race to see. The stranger uh, is a local newspaper that is very left. Just so right, yeah, super hardcore left stranger. Uh, even going over to Eastern Washington, if you look at, there were a couple of races there that were pretty interesting to me the Moses Lake school district, I paid a lot of attention to him because the superintendent has had been fired for stealing money from the school and the uh, school board president, uh, Vicki Melcher at the time, gave him a special severance pay, right? I wrote an article about it, about this guy got a bonus pay on the way out the door after getting caught stealing money from the school district. And uh, to see her lose her school board race as she deserved, that was a good thing to see. Uh, and uh, also in the city of Prosser, I wrote an article about, um, you know, there were no good people in this race, but there was a really aggressive uh uh, mem- board member of FutureWise, which is a kind of a green group, a uh, gang green, and a real bad organization in our state. She was running for, of all places, the city of Prosser, and she was running against another Democrat who was terrible. The guy was also bad, but he was lazy bad, you know, basically a lazy, uh, bad Democrat who was so lazy, he wouldn't even file the PDC, and he didn't even run a campaign. And she was running a really aggressive campaign. I just wrote an article about how bad it is to have people like that in office, and it looks like the lazy guy is going to win, um, and the crazy will be kept out, which is going to help the city of Prosser. And, uh, you know, you go to the city of Spokane, uh, Senator Patton's wife was running for Spokane uh, Valley, and it looks like she's going to win her seat there. That was a good win. Yeah, that was fun. Um, And you also look at, uh, go up to back to Puget Sound. Um, I wrote some articles earlier about these charter amendments for the San Juan County. They had these six charter amendments being proposed that were just a figment of the imagination of uh, Kevin Ranker, the disgraced uh, former Democrat senator who had been resigned under a Me Too scandal in 2019. And then, of course, decides that after being exposed to all the whole state for being a really bad guy, decides to take over the Charter Review Commission in San Juan County. And he was willing to go on Zoom and say that he thought the voters of San Juan County were so stupid that uh, he didn't call them stupid but he presume you know he's implying they're so stupid that if he took a cow and painted it blue that they'd vote for it because they were stupid you know essentially he didn't say that they're stupid but he was saying that they'd vote for anything he wanted him to vote for and the truth is they ran a grassroots campaign there saying no more rankers rules and uh, no more blue cows right and they went from me too to moo too you know they were totally <laughs> mocking him with this grassroots group out there and they did such a good job that four of the six amendments have failed and uh, and they were all the bad amendments, the worst. The other two weren't as bad, but uh, it was amazing to see that kind of dynamic in an area where Biden won by 72%, right? It's not a, this is uh, interesting little pockets of, of impact. Now around the state generally, where school board members were challenged, it looks to me like about two thirds of the challenged races, um, people who care about uh, the future of education and freedom and liberty and are opposed to CRT generally prevailed in the races. And that's a really significant number when you think about um, the 
the history of school board races where the turnover is not high and where most people run unopposed, they had a much higher rate of people being opposed and a higher success rate of challengers coming in, taking over the school districts. And that's a really good thing. I mean, everything from federal way to Spokane, right? There were, there were school board battles going on across the state and uh, to see Quentin winning in the federal way school board out there, that was, that's really good to see. And I think that those are the local elections. You know, most of these are not partisan. They don't necessarily define Republican or Democrat, but clearly on policy issues, people are falling into these two camps, either you're pro freedom and liberty or you're uh, hardcore against it, right? You're, you're in favor of big government and government solutions. And it looks like voters in many cases are rejecting the government solutions mantra, which really bodes well, uh, provided that there's some leadership on this and opportunities of people, good people running for office. In the cases where we had some setbacks, oftentimes those are situ- those are some races where people just did not run serious campaigns. And, uh, you know, you can't all be the truck driver who spends just a couple dollars to win a state Senate race. It's not how it works. Most of the yeah. time, that's not going to be how it works. It's funny what yeah. it does. So, that's not you know, we works. talked about uh, back in 2015, we had what we quote called the miracle of SeaTac. Right. Uh, where we took uh, very uh, four candidates and uh, swept those races and uh, right. caught, you know, caught the attention of the left. Mm-hmm. And now this last election, three of our uh, they're not the original four, but three uh, conservatives at mm-hmm. the SeaTac City Council were bumped out in this last election. And they why, generally why is that? Because <laughs> they generally didn't doorbell. I mean, one of the things was, you know, they literally, I think it started to take it for granted that because they, they were doing a good job at city of SeaTac, and they are, uh, and because they were well-known, and at least one of them was, they, but they just, they, the left was paying attention to SeaTac because it, it had turned around and destroyed the narrative that they were any good at local government. And, they were going to, the left was going to put a lot of money into this and they did. And they put a lot of energy, a lot of doorbelling into it. And the conservative folk on one was on the council. The other two were uh, running, you know, for open seats and they, but they basically blew it because they didn't do anything. They just, it was a incredibly lazy campaign and it isn't just going to be handed to you on a silver platter just because you're doing the right thing or just because you, you have done the right thing. you got to earn the votes. You've got to go out there and work it. And, um, well, the best defense know. is a good offense and they didn't right. take the offense. They didn't get right. out and doorbell. They didn't get out and campaign. That's and, right. I saw and, a couple yeah. of ex- examples of this. You federal way, you wall up and a couple of races were one Dennis King, you right over there, but right. in, in federal way, they were doorbelling like crazy at Jack Dovey and, and, yep. and, and right. Walsh over there, they won. A couple right. races in Puyallup, same messaging, same good people, didn't win. And you're like, okay, well, what's the difference? Well, the difference is feet on the ground, knocking yeah. on doors, getting uh, getting after it. And so, I mean, before I forget, of course, we have to shout out to Dormeyer, who won uh, Quincy City Council in a mostly Hispanic neighborhood, and he was able to doorbell enough to um, win convincingly at 60%. Right. So, uh, Glenn, you mentioned something uh, earlier about um, being funny, Mutu. Right. Using right. And, and having fun. That's one of the things that we notice on the national scale when, when national level, when um, um, Rick, I'm oh, no, sorry, the DeSantis says now it's right. now a, a let's go Brandon economy and presidency and whatever. Right? A Brandon, and the, whole, the Brandon administration. Is the Brandon administration. It. Right. Yeah, and so yeah. the move to it's, it's this ability for conservatives in general, when we want to work hard and know how important it is to fight for our kids, but we can also have fun in the middle of it. That's something well, I don't see on the left. 
Huh? Yeah, and also when you run your campaign, I mean, the the one thing that I don't think works well is that nobody wants to be around bitter critters, right? Angry, right. bitter people. Yeah. And it's true in a political party. It's true if you're running for office. It's true if you run a you know a company. I mean, nobody wants to be around bitter, angry people. And so you want to be the happy warrior with a good message who knows why you believe what you believe and you're willing to defend it. And playing offense is a big part of that. And I do think that makes a huge difference. And that's how we saw some of the re- election results we did. And it is a good message. It's easy for people to get angry and be angry, and that's why they're running. And that's okay. That can sometimes be the motivation. But if you look and act like an angry person running, um, you're not going to probably do well in an election. And so I think we saw some of those results there. So, listen, there was a lot of general good news. I mean, the problem with Washington State, of course, is that we're a mail-in ballot state. And so there's ballots trickling in the next couple of weeks. We don't know how many ballots the King County election workers have stashed in the trunks of their cars. You know, we don't know what other things might be going on. So there's going to be some issues that we have to deal with there. But, and as, as you mentioned or implied earlier, Doug, the, the voter integrity thing is a very important thing. I, I, so to but, just to address that real briefly, because yeah. I mean, that's, that's something that, you know, obviously is uh, on everybody's uh, mind is voter yeah. integrity with a mail-in state like us. I know Como right, had right. somebody on the other day you told me about. Right. Yeah, and I mean, and Como News, for example, went down and videotaped people voting in, in King County, and this guy said, hey, I just moved here this weekend from New York, and I, and I registered same day and voted. So he'd been in Washington less than two days as a resident and voted, and they Como News didn't even realize that was illegal. He had to be here 30 days under both the Constitution and state law, clearly not a, not a gray area. That's clearly there. And they documented the guy committing vote fraud, and they, they actually doxed him. They put his name up on Como News, and, it's, and they were proud of it, right? And then nobody even understands the law well enough to know it, and clearly nobody's catching it. And th- there's a lot of problems that we have in the election process, but that doesn't mean that people decide to stay home and not vote. That's just, that's the exact wrong message to get. That when you identify problems with vote fraud or um, voter integrity issues or problems that need to be reformed, the, res- the reaction to that is it's not perfect. It, you know, it should not be, it's not perfect, so I'm never gonna vote again, or my vote doesn't count or something like that. That's a wrong message. Uh, it, it took a very small group of people coming out to vote this time that did make a difference in many of these races. So voting matters. There are problems with fraud. There are problems with voter integrity. That example, Como News documented just the other day, it was a perfect example. But what we have to do is stay focused. You still participate while you're trying to fix. And mm-hmm. I think people have to remember that. And I'm as involved in this as anybody can be in the state. And it doesn't mean you stay home and don't vote. It means that you stay focused on what you need to fix, but you still vote even if it's not fixed yet. So, As a former candidate dealing with this, like Doug as well, you can't make them close races run to win convincingly and then deal with the issues because if they're close, there's more opportunity. These small things that happened, it's much easier to have fraud in a close election. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's easier to find 500 ballots than it is to find 10,000. And so, you know, so build the gap, right? Make sure you win decisively. And the people who were able to do that are are certainly going to be in better shape. Do, Do you think that there was less, cheating i mean a lot of these races like when you're talking like dave dormeyer the town of quincy i mean the whole vote thing was you know 1500 votes or something right, right. it's like not five like 500 votes yeah really. so it's not like <laughs> you know it's really tough to cheat there right um but also where are they are they more wary now that people are paying attention 
I, I just, you don't, in off-year elections, you don't have it as, as obvious or as significant. Um, and uh, it takes a lot of energy and time. I think it's, it takes a little bit more energy and time and focus and organization to manipulate things. And that costs money and it takes, uh, they aren't going to do it every single time and they aren't going to do it all the time. So I think that, uh, you know, I, I think that you, if you can run good campaigns, I think you can overcome it. And, uh, and that's on balance, the truth. And all we have to do is make sure we get people in there who eventually, when we get the majority in the state house this next year, that we're able to start working on making genuine reforms in the legislature and hopefully flip that governor's office. So we have somebody in there who's saying, yeah. And, 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 and the, two, and two, the quick White House two quick questions here though, on this. Yeah. Um, during this election, I saw a lot of people posting about staking out by the election, by the ballot drop boxes to make sure that there's, you know, the chain of custody. Right. Uh, is that part of the process for having citizens just be watchful? And sure. Those, I mean, yeah, the, yeah. The, there's a lot more observers now from the conservative freedom side than there ever has been in 50 years in the state. And yes. the observers make a difference. They knowing that people are watching, knowing people are documenting things. I think that's going to reduce nefarious activity. You have to pull a suitcase out from under the table. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I mean, you're, if you're able to see stuff and catch them. Uh, and I, we saw a huge increase in King County and Thurston County and other places with good people doing things like that. And that was important. I think that's a big part of being a good engaged citizen as well. And last so, week, Doug and I talked about Kim Wyman leaving. We yeah. know that Governor Inslee gets to appoint her replacement. How does yes. that work and what kind of effect will that have in 2022, do you think? Well, it's not a good effect because yeah. you're – um, in addition to the fact that Kim probably leaving in the way that she did and lurched kind of right in the middle of an election uh, and all our senior staff have already bailed actually. So that was really a bad thing to happen right in the middle of an election. And uh, the fact that she she's willing to be used by the Biden administration's window dressing on whatever stupid ideas they come up with uh, is is really not a not a good thing for us. I, it apparently is a good thing for her personally, but it's not a good thing for us as a state, particularly because the short list of people is is likely to appoint. Uh, none of them are good people, and so it really looks like a bad situation in the works for us. It's an off-year election for a Secretary of State race, and it's one that should be taken seriously. But we also want to find people who know what they're talking about, who have good background to run for this office. And that's not that's not a long list, actually, in the state. Is that, so, would that Glenn uh, Morgan be on that list by any chance? No, or? I, I'm not on that list. And, <laughs> you and should be. be. No, I shouldn't be. I, we need other people who uh, have got active experience in campaigns. Well, in business, too. I mean, it's a business. It's not just voters. Uh, it's corporations. It's business, it is. Yeah, yeah there, there, there's a number of, of hats that you have to wear when you're Secretary of State. Uh, but nevertheless, we need to find the right person and champion a good person to run for that office because inevitably, whoever ends the appoints, it's highly likely they will not be that person. So, uh, But there's also two bites at the apple, 2022 and 2024 there. So um, we need to have a good, solid showing, I think, in both of those races for somebody that's a freedom, liberty oriented, honest person. I mean, well, I, and I if Washington is person. a, if Washington is a wave, like the rest of the country appears to be, I mean, especially mm -hmm. when you'd look at like at Seattle, Iberian, et cetera, right. um, it, we have a real good chance of putting another, uh, a, you know, a better person in there uh, in 22. So I agree with you. So in light yeah. of all that we've just talked about, and we just yep. obviously 5,000 foot here, uh, what do you think the average listener to Doug and Marty versus the world, uh, how should they you know, get involved? How, what, what, what should they do as we go into 2022? Well, number one, uh, 
I would make sure that you pick campaigns you can work on now and uh, you can file, you know, declare late and lose early, or you can get people going right off the bat and get out there and start campaigning now. Pick good people, sort it out, get them going uh, and get organized with other people in your community. Your teams of people are who make the success in a lot of these uh, races. So uh, get engaged and involved, do the research, prepare ahead of time, hit the ground running and make campaigning a, a full-time activity or a constant volunteer activity if you're a volunteer and, and have fun with it yeah but i mean make it, it fun to be there yeah. to be in your group listen it's hard work there's no doubt about it but if you can make it interesting make it fun you're going to be more likely to be successful i think so and campaigns uh, have seasons part of it word of mouth but they have seasons sometimes as first part is fundraising there's doorbelling there's phone calling but there's something that everybody can do in each part of the different seasons. And right. so, you know, what you have time available now could be helpful getting money or getting people aware or. And, and I think, you know, when you look at it, I mean, uh, I, in a way it never really ends. Like the left never has a season they they're right. always doing stuff. And I think that we have to be recognizing that as well. So, uh, you know, you don't want to have uh, may rolling around when filing week comes up and say, Oh, maybe I'm going to run for office this week. That's, that's really not the, that's not called laying a good foundation for a successful race. It's not so optimal. Really, yeah. It's not <laughs> optimal. So we want to be playing, especially since that this is going to be the balance of the legislature. There's a, a decent chance if there's a reasonable wave and we have good people running that the Republicans can take back one or both houses in the state Senate or the state house Senate or, or representatives. And uh, even if they can't take it back completely, getting a large number of seats in their direction um, would at least restore a level of balance in the legislature that would serve as some kind of check and balance on Inslee for the last couple of years. Well, maybe so we could get the other. Maybe, <clears throat> maybe Kim Wyman can convince Joe Biden to take Inslee and then we can have a, a governor's <laughs> race next year as well. That'd be great. I mean, that would be interesting. That so would be knows? a real fun, you know, I would, I would shout and sing it, and dance. Inslee's certainly shooting for some kind of federal appointment of some kind, you know, so he certainly doesn't care about the state anymore, but regardless guys, I got to get going. Thank you so much for having me on the air. I'm going to always, uh, I'm going to close this with a pitch for we to govern. So any of your listeners want to see what's going on, feel free to go to both my website at we govern.com and my YouTube channel, which has been growing quite a bit lately at we to govern somehow they've not taken it away from me yet. So uh, go there and subscribe and share and uh, the future belongs to those who show up. Yeah. And just let me say this uh, there. The videos are fun to watch. I make a point to watch everyone and then call Glenn and give him feedback. And it's always, that was great. I enjoyed that. So so sometimes, sometimes it makes me mad. You did the one about the homeless, uh, you know, their votes being stolen and stuff like right. that. And that, yep. you know, and, you know, but I like the fact that you get me emotionally engaged with the issues. Yep. So thank yep. you, Glenn. Glenn Norton, wethegovern.com. Yes. And also uh, you can see him at Citizens Alliance for Property Rights. And there's such chapters all over the state on that one as well. Thanks, Glenn. All right, Thanks guys. for being yep. a friend. Thanks for being a fighter. We appreciate yeah, it. You bet. Okay, yeah. bye. Bye now. So Marty, um, so you know, now that Glenn's gone, um, what are we going to talk about, man? Because there's just nothing left to talk about. <laughs> so, uh, so Winsome, uh, uh, Winsome Sears, uh, yes. winning in in Virginia, and I, you know, Glenn actually said you got to go look. So I went and looked at some of her videos and things like mm-hmm. that, and and uh, uh, I had one one person say, "I wish your name was Winsome Moore." <laughs> <laughs> but what a great name, Winsome. Just- have you seen the, uh, the the memes? They have her, Winsome, and then they have Lose Some with their opponent. It's pretty yeah. hilarious. So, and, yeah, and uh, so the, also there was a, uh, just uh, posted on, uh, shared on Facebook um, a couple of days ago, 
Another video from the lieutenant governor of North Carolina, a black lieutenant governor of North mm-hmm. Carolina, Republican. Yep. He, uh, he was portrayed in the newspaper as uh, a Klansman. Mm-hmm. And so he did a video and uh, he did a, a press conference. And so if you go to uh, find me on Facebook or whatever, you can see that video. But he said, he just said, look, um, it was not the GOP that promoted the Ku Klux Klan or the, the the policies thereof. And we can talk about who that was if you want to talk. And it's time for us to put the brakes on and maybe have a conversation. Uh-huh. Oh, I was like, this guy is my hero. Do you remember this guy? Why he got famous? What brought him to lieutenant governor? This guy went to a school board meeting and he had, a, it was on a school board, a city council meeting. It was talking about his second amendment rights. It went viral. So the guy had never been involved in politics. Uh, once again, like the trucker story, and cited that, you know, after being famous, being on radio and TV because of his stance on Second Amendment, being a black man, he ran for the lieutenant governor and he won. So he's making news again, but this guy's a fighter. But once again, right, he had an opportunity. He used a little bit of uh, notoriety or standing up for uh, having backbone, which is what we're looking for. People are looking for people with courage, people with, with uh, ability to stand up and articulate, you know, what's going wrong with this nation making sense. And so people get behind them and say, yeah, you'd be great, which is what we want. We want people that share our values that are able to fight for us and are not chicken. Right. And I, it, 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 I, when I showed that, I, I, I grabbed that video. I had it on my phone before I shared it. I, I, I forget how I found it. And I, I showed it to, to my wife and I said, you know, I'm not racist. I admire these people. These people are my heroes. I want to be like them. You know, that's the opposite of being racist. That's mm-hmm. loving our neighbor and recognizing the value that's being brought, you know, to our message by Winsome Sears. And and uh, I can't even remember this guy's name, but I'm just saying something is happening. There's a shift that's happening. It doesn't mean that we stop praying. It doesn't mean that we stop voting. It doesn't mean that we stop resisting. You know, here in King County, we've got this you know, this vaccine passport uh, situation, uh, it does say on page five in the order that we strongly urge you to voluntarily comply. And so we have been, uh, my assistant went to uh, an Ivers restaurant uh, a couple of days ago and they wanted to see the papers, show us the papers. And she said, you know, this is voluntary. You don't have to comply with it. And they went, oh, okay, come on in. So, um, <laughs> that you know, we... They're they're trying to get restaurants and theaters, et cetera, to be to be policemen, to be enforcement people. And they're not trained for that. And what's going to happen when people start getting punched or or worse? And um, and it's not it's a violation of our civil rights. Okay, so, for example, if you um, can't let's say marty that you have a physical condition my my stepmother cannot get the vaccine there is a is a she had the landry's paralysis she got that from a flu shot she's been through uh chemotherapy different things like that she she's not her body cannot take the vaccine period um absolutely forbidden she can't go to a movie in king county 
because of her disability. Well, that would be in violation of the American with Disabilities Act, the ADA stuff. So, you know, are you going to say, because it says in the King County order, religious and medical exemptions are not good enough for this. You have to stop. So now let's talk about your religious exemption. Okay. You're Jehovah's Witness or whatever. Um, You just might be evangelical Marty and you just don't want to have the vaccine because you already had COVID or whatever. And so you've got a religious reason and you're being denied access to public accommodation. That's the, that's what you call a restaurant, a sporting event, a uh, movie theater, these types of things. Well, they're private businesses. They can reserve the right to refuse service to anyone, not after the 1964 civil rights act. Right. Right. Remember, remember when they used to, I, I was talking to some, some friends of mine the other day. So, you know, what we need to do is we need to just, all walk into the local um, Mazatlan uh, Mexican restaurant and sit down. And when they go, you guys need to show us your papers or you have to wait to be seated. We went, no, we don't have any papers and you're going to serve us. You know, that's what they did in the civil rights movement. That's what they did. They would go in and take a diner. They all get on the bus. Y'all got to wear masks. Nope. We're not wearing masks. You know, what are they going to do? You know, now maybe they're going to drag us off and, and arrest us. And that's how the Civil Rights Act got passed. Because people were willing to get drug off buses or whatever, fire hosed or all these different things. You know, we we are not descended from cowards. So we are I have not, a question Americans, for Americans are, are typically not cowards. And so no. when are we going to stop being acting like that? Right. So the question for you since this week, uh, as promised, Biden through his dictates, allowed OSHA, which is part of the Department of Labor, to pass a rule, right, that forces employers with 100 employees or more to mandate it to their employees or be threatened for fines or whatever. So once again, it's like at the state where the legislature gave these bureaucracies like L&I rules writing authority, which it's not a law, but it has the power of law. So they're doing this against our business owners, 100 employees or more, and they're talking about the next move will be all small businesses. So it doesn't matter what size it is doing the same thing, using your employer as the bad guy, if you will, we've got to push back and we got to encourage our employers like Southwest airlines to say, you know what? I'm not going to enforce this. This is crazy. Cause right now many employers are like, oh, I have to, no, you don't, you don't have to enforce this and your employees don't have to be subjected to this. This is not the role of government to force a, a vaccine or anything, force people to take something against their will. It's, it's scary, but at the same time, to your, your brother, access to uh, facilities, food, restaurants, Public accommodation. Stuff, this is access to making employment, to actually yeah. go to work, you know? And so this is that next level. Where What's wrong can, with that vaccine that they got to do that? Right. You know, right. If that vaccine was, was uh, Jonas Salk in the 1950s uh, curing polio, uh, dude, they didn't have to convince us. They they put the science out there. They did. Everybody willingly took yes. the vaccine. And, you know, this one, um, a lot of people willingly took it, but there's been huge amount of side effects. You know, we have this this uh, code. It's, it's, it's in the code that you can't, you have to tell people what the possible side effects are. You've, you've seen these ads on TV, right? Yep. Um, hey, you know, get clearer skin and, you know, your psoriasis will be cleared up. By the way, you might get a heart attack. You could have, you know blood you could die you could get a stroke you could whatever right they gotta tell you this it's the law that's why they don't put that in there because they want to they put that in there because they have to and Mm -hmm. uh and you know what the 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 side effects disclaimer um thing on the covid vaccine says right what's nothing Nothing. it's blank 
There's yep. nothing written on there. Well, it's an emergency, da, 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 da. Well, guess what? I don't want an emergency, da, 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 da. I want to know what I'm putting in my body. I mean, I'm married to a lady that reads the 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 labels on the, like the spaghetti sauce and stuff, right? right at the store, right. right? She wants to know how much fat's in there, how much salt, all this kind of stuff. Why can't, you know, if we're going to do that at the grocery store, why can't we do that with the vaccine? Uh-huh. We should be doing that. In, in fact, Epic Times, you know, Epoch Times came out on Thursday um, with a story about a whistleblower, but they're, they've opened up a, an independent investigation, a third party, into the Pfizer trials. They're saying that the Pfizer trials cut corners. The Pfizer trials uh, made mistakes, and they rushed it to market. We know it was emergency and approved, but the point is, is they're, they're, we've already seen the whistleblower through the um, – what's his name from um, Veritas, Project Veritas, um, where it says, hey, um, you know, don't report any any complications. Or don't report any side effects. And then this one, they're saying that even during the trials, there were cover-ups and shortcuts. So there, it's allegations, but you know they're going to come out at this point in time. There are billions of dollars at stake of, for these pharmaceutical companies making money. So, look, we're not against people making money, but not at the sake of health of our citizens this force no, it's like, it's like obamacare back. you're forced to buy it right you yeah, have to yeah. you have to have insurance or we're going to penalize you on your taxes you know this coercive uh tactic and yep. um and what we saw in virginia and what we're seeing in new jersey and what we saw in seattle is americans are starting to recognize and take action that their freedoms are being stripped away and their 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 police department is being gutted. They're letting criminals out, and and we're finding out that that you know murderers kill people. That's yeah. weird, right? I mean, who right. would have thought that murderers would go out and kill people? And you 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 not you're nice to them, and you let them off, and you say, okay, we're going to let you out, no bail, right? In New York, mm-hmm. and they go out and kill somebody. Right. And then you've got these this huge problem with these open borders. Right. So you've got all these people come in. They're not wearing masks. They're not vaccinated. They're not even tested half the time. And they're flying them into the interior of the country. And so this is treason. I hate to say it like that, but this is treasonous. They are purposely destroying our nation. And we are going to stop them. I've been saying this for a year. This mm-hmm. is going to stop. God is on the move. People are praying. There's a, you know, we sent them a little, we sent them a little message last Tuesday that uh, look out, here right. we come. And, and Nancy Pelosi doubles down. Doubles down. Double right. down. They don't know how to, to tap the brakes. They don't know how to let off the gas. They're so going to accelerate. That's all they know how to do. Yeah. When they were told two weeks to flatten the curve, it's been almost two years. We should know by now that by their nature, the whole story, Aesop's fables, uh, the scorpion and the frog, by their nature, they cannot <laughs> stop, right? And this is who they are. And the left is controlling the Democrat Party. They are leftists. They are communists. They are anti-American. So we know that. They can have no nothing but to spend more, tax more, put more burden, more growth in government. Our job is not to go along to get along, but it's to push back in this regard. And so um, when they asked Biden on Thursday during a press conference about this uh, story that was up by the, the New York Times and others about the giving $450,000 to all those that were separated at the border, 
during the Trump administration. And uh, they asked him point blank and he said, nope, that's not going to happen. Literally an hour after he got off the, the in front of the uh, stage there, the ACLU says he doesn't, he's not really informed. Maybe he wasn't fully informed of what we're doing, but yes, we do intend to pay um, these kids that were separated from their parents, the families yeah, during the Trump administration, between 450 up to a million dollars each. And so we know this president, you know, when he comes out and says, I'm, I'll get in trouble if I don't you know, call on I just want to, I want to remind our listeners of something. Mm-hmm. Marty McClendon broke that story yes. last week. Now they're talking, everybody's talking about it this week, but Marty was first. I, I was first. want everybody to know Marty was first. I, I didn't even hear. I didn't. When you were talking about it last week, yes. I didn't know about it. And then on Monday after Saturday's program, I heard about it on Tucker. I'm like, yeah, oh, that's right. what Marty was talking about. And that's what he was. on. So I just want everybody to know you scooped him. Thank you very much. I'm going to start calling that. you Scoop, Scoop Sco- McClendon. Scoop McClendon. <laughs> so he's either he doesn't know, he wasn't informed, or he's lying. And, of course, he lies to us. We know that. Yeah. But the, the cheat sheet he has, the stumbling, bumbling, the falling asleep, Stuff we clearly when you have to got- start it when you have to start the briefing with first of all, we want to remind you, you're Joe Biden. Yes, that's a problem. <laughs> okay, and so we know you mean that life there's isn't some a mental issues. We know that there are some stuff going on with him mentally, physically, and so forth. And we know that he has a history literally 47 years in the Senate where he's lied to us again and again. Where it's he's a crime family, the Biden's are a crime family, priming. Yeah, exactly right. And so we know that's the history, but there is. Just this, this, the swamp, brother, you know, and the, the things that are, that are going on, you know, as we said, has to be intentional. So it's more, someone's pulling the strings, I believe, but it's also this swamp monster, uh, open borders. We, we still have American citizens in Afghanistan. It's yeah. a travesty, right? And then yeah. the world's And he didn't know. And up. so you have the generals come out and they testify. We told him. You know, mm-hmm. this is that, and we should leave 2,500 soldiers and all this stuff. No, they didn't. They didn't tell me that. Mm-hmm. You know, and so uh, they're, they're, they're fighting each other. It's almost biblical, right? You know, in right. The, when the, in the, they, they, they stop fighting, you know, and then uh, the other thing that this uh, uh, North Carolina lieutenant governor was talking about was, you know, the majority of the people that went to Washington, D.C. on January 6th went there to have their voices heard. And now they're being right. hunted like criminals. Very, very few people did bad things. And um, and the majority just need their voice. We heard they should not be demonized and not be pursued as criminals because they did that. I know people that were in, in D.C., pastors and, and mm-hmm. you know, great people of integrity. And um, and their story of, of January 6th differs widely from the narrative of the worst insurrection in U.S. history since, you know, the Civil War or whatever. I'm and thankful. Yes. So yeah. I'm just... I'm, I'm saying that the, the narrative is out there and, you know, I believe that God kind of likes to raise the dead and um, you know, this thing with, with Lazarus, you know, let's just stay where we are for a couple of days and they get there and he's been dead four days. And they're like, well, if you'd have been here, he wouldn't have died, but you know, la da, da, da. and he's like, Hey, I'm the resurrection. I'm the life. And so I think God enjoys doing uh, miraculous stuff when we think it's too late 
And I can tell you that God can turn this thing around and all those people that are coming over the border illegally can be taken back out. They can, you know, or they can become born again. I don't know, whatever. Uh, but speaking of Russian collusion, brother, did you, <laughs> Where we? Uh, uh, that's what you call a changing course in midstream. Um, yeah. John Durham actually indicted the author behind the Trump dossier uh, yes. this week. That was, uh, that was exciting. And so I, I'm really hoping as we get the Russian collusion, you know, exposed, I mean, stuff that, you know, most Americans know, just, if you don't want to know, you hate Trump so bad that you just, Oh, you know, you got to know it's this and that. Um, the, um, but most of us knew uh, now I mean, and I believe even in 2016, the Chinese collusion is by far worse. And this thing with Hunter Biden getting all this money and yep. and how how that money gets to Joe Biden. And, and like I said, it's kind of the Biden crime family. Mm -hmm. And so they're selling American out. You know, I don't know what they're thinking. It's like it's like Anthony Fauci. I mean, the guy's 80 years old, right? He's getting extremely wealthy off of the pandemic. He's living, you know, he's living the life of a king. He's going to be dead soon. He's how much longer does he have? Right. He's got a, you know, he's 80 years old, brother. He's, he's going to be standing paid, before. Yeah. He's going to be standing before God. Yeah. And he's the and, highest paid federal employee, by the way. Yeah. He makes more money than the president. Yep. Sweet. Does. So, um, well, I'm I'm. What I'm saying is that I, I'm I'm very um, I'm very interested to see um, why we don't bring up China. You know, when China yes. is is launching supersonic missiles in and, space, yep, yeah, and building a huge amount of nuclear warheads, gaining and, and, and building islands in the South China Sea, yes, um, threatening so, Taiwan, and yep, go ahead. And yep. they, you know, they're they're not going to have any qualms about nuking us. Or whatever, right? And first strike, or whatever. You know, that's th this stuff is this stuff is legit, and we the, need to we need to wake up and recognize who our real enemy is. And our real enemy is in the White House right now. Our real enemy is the Democratic Party. It's Mario Murillo wrote a blog. It says no longer Democrat versus Republican. Uh, I don't know if you you saw that one. Mm -hmm. It's Democrat versus America. Yep. So quickly on this, you mentioned the the Chinese. Of course, much of our Chinese our, our American politicians the deal with Biden were a lot of Chinese ties. The NBA is owned by them. Legendary Films is owned by them. Uh, you know, re, there's theaters. They've owned a lot intentionally. And of course, it's the Communist Party. It's the, the Communist Chinese Chinese Communist Party is what we're dealing with. Anti God. Okay, so we're dealing with this. You and I had a program years ago on one of the, our, our radio broadcasts about EMPs, about a nuclear blast in the sky, how it would knock out our power grids, right? And we'd be down for months. Think about the strategic advantage a, a launched nuclear bomb in space would be, brother. That's why the Space Force was created by Trump under Trump. This is why the China uh, is uh, heading that way. We, at the very same time, Biden's over there apologizing to the world for withdrawing out of the Paris Accords, uh, committing to cutting back on our fossil fuel use and so forth and committing to more electricity. That is the wrong thing to do. We need to upgrade our electrical grid. We need to make sure it's fortified. We need to have cybersecurity. We need to be energy independent again. These ideas that were working for us, all, all the Biden and everybody behind him, 
is pushing that makes us weaker. In, in, in this world environment, we need to be praying and fighting, but this is how important it is for the future of America and our safety, our literally safety, um, is down. We've got to, we got to fortify and strengthen, not weaken. Don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and it, it's, it, it reminds me of what we've been saying for the last couple of weeks. You know, we do pray and we go after God and we do that, but eventually David had to go pick up a slingshot and bring the giant down. And so we're, you know, um, I, I'm, I'm playing it. I'm playing at church tomorrow. And, you know, one of the songs is, you know, so when I fight, I'll fight on my knees. And I'm like, I don't agree with this song. You know, I mean, I'm going to play, I'm just playing bass. I'm not singing it. Thank God. I'd be like, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to fight. I'm going to go and fight on my knees. That's true. I mean, yes. and we, there is a place where we're on our knees and we're warring for God and everything else, but the, the battle is the Lord's, but we still got to pick up the sword. We still got to take the field. We still have to do, we have to obey him. And there's only two places in the entire Bible where God said, stand still and watch me do it. One yep. was at the Red Sea and the other one uh, was when they sent the musicians out first. Yep. Remember that? The worship, yeah. Yep. I, I yep. was like, that would be the time I'd like, I don't want to be on the worship team this week. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, don't forget, you can find uh, past episodes of uh, the Doug and Marty versus the World show at DougAndMarty.com, DougAndMarty.com. You can also uh, contact us through our website. You can probably find us on Facebook too, Doug and Marty versus the World, Doug Bassler or Marty McClendon. And uh, I just want to end this the thing with, uh, I love Lauren Boebert's uh, ball dress have you seen it yeah i have yep it says yep. let's go brandon yep. <laughs> <laughs> and uh who was it this they called the biden it was a DeSantis, it was DeSantis right? called the right. biden the biden administration the brandon administration well god bless ron DeSantis. <laughs> hey get out there and have a great a week god bless you this is doug bassler and marty mcclendon doug and marty versus the world god bless you god bless america